Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Lifescaping for the Believer podcast, where we focus on beautifying and enhancing the life that God has given you. There's so much more for our life on earth than just receiving a ticket to heaven. Though that's the best part, it's not the only part. See, Jesus said in John 10 that he has come so that we would have life and have life more abundantly too. It breaks my heart that the world already has enough bystander, uninformed Christians. So let's change that and start making ripple effects in the kingdom of God and receive God's best for us. And that starts today. Enjoy the episode. Make sure to drop me a comment, a like, and a share. I love you guys. Let's dive into the word of God. Well, thanks for joining me this evening. Unless it's morning, then good morning to you. But for me, it's evening. And man, tonight... I tell you, there's something heavy on my heart, and I'm excited to share it with you guys because it's hopefully going to rock your world the way that it rocked mine. And the truth is that there is so many levels to what I'm going to talk about tonight, and it flipped me upside down, knocked me sideways all over the place, especially in my immature days as a Christian. Um, I grew up in a church. My father was a pastor, um, and... I knew the church inside and out, or so I thought. And as I started to mature coming out of college, because I went through a pretty heavy uh, worldly couple of years, but when the Lord started to get a hold of my life, and I started to actually turn toward Him, I began to realize just how easily it is to disobey God. Just how simple it can really be to miss out on what God has for you, what God has for me, what God has for you. So tonight, I want to talk about that level of disobedience. And uh, over the next couple of days, I'm going to talk about several different levels of, of disobedience and different uh, different ways that, that people find themselves stumbling. And we're going to put an end to it. And so tonight, we're going to talk about relational disobedience. And this is one that was big for me. The, the law of association is huge in the kingdom of God. The people that you surround yourself with, the people that you separate from, will oftentimes make the difference between a successful walk with Christ and a daily grind, as many Christians tend to call it, or a struggle, or day by day, or whatever you want to call it. It does not have to be that way. And so if you will, pull out a Bible, hopefully you've had enough time, maybe you're listening in the car, or whatever it may be, but we're going to go to Genesis chapter 13. And a real quick background to this short, um, well it's actually not short, it's a couple verses that I'm going to read tonight, but a little bit of context about what's going on. This is right when a- Abram is introduced in the Bible. And so in chapter 12, he is called by God to leave his homeland, to leave his family, to leave everything that he knew, to go to the land that God was going to show him. And that's chapter 12. And as God takes him to the first piece of land, he says, hey, I'm going to give you this land. Your descendants will own this land. And at that moment, Abram built an altar to the Lord, worshiped him, and then moved on. They went through a little bit of time in Egypt where Abram messed up royally. And then we come to chapter 13. And this is a a pretty amazing chapter because it breaks down what happens when the law of association is put into effect and whenever you relationally disobey. Now, here's the thing, guys. 
When Abram was called away from his home and family, he took a few people with him. He took Sarai, his wife, and he took another person named Lot, which was his nephew. And the thing is, many, many scholars will agree or disagree, but when you read the word for what it is, God never called Lot away from the home. He only called Abram. But Abram brought his nephew with him. Why? Nobody really knows for sure, um, but he brought him. And it was a mistake. And here's why. Chapter 13 breaks it down. We're going to start in verse 2, and I'm going to read several verses, so stick with me here. It says this, Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And he journeyed on from the Negeb as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the very beginning, the place I just told you about a minute ago, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at first, the altar that I just told you guys about. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord, verse 5, and Lot, who went with Abram, that's his nephew, also had flocks and herds and tents. Verse 6, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At that time, the Canaanites and Prezites were dwelling in the land. I'm going to pause there. We'll pick up in a minute. We're, we're just finishing verse 7. Now, here's, here's the crazy thing, okay? <laughs> here's where it gets interesting. That was probably never supposed to happen. God called Abram away from his home into the land that he was going to show him, but he brought Lot with him. And clearly, from what I just read, it brought strife. It brought struggles. It brought unnecessary relational tension that was never God's plan number one. Okay, but because that happened, Abram is put in a difficult position because instead of focusing on the land that he was to be shown, he was sitting here just, you know, messing around with Lot because they were there was strife between them. And Lot was trying to figure out how they were going to live together. And Abram had a huge decision to make. Okay. Now, the good thing is he made the right decision. But what happened is that this really should have never happened. So, all right, we'll pick up in verse 8. Then Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me. In other words, he, he was sick of all the stuff that was going on between their, their possessions. He said, let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left, I will take the right. Or if you take the right, I will take the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes. I'm going to read this one slow. This is verse 10, chapter 13 in Genesis. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord. Now this is a very descriptive verse because when I read what happened to Abram, well, you know what, I'm just, let me just keep reading and then we'll talk about it. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other, which should have never happened in the first place. It should have just been Abraham. So they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. So Lot chose to look in front of him. He lifted up his eyes. 
the verse says. It says that Lot lifted up his eyes and saw what he wanted to see. He had no intentions to ask the Lord what they should do. And this is mind-boggling because Abram, Lot was with Abram this whole time. And he saw Abram build an altar to the Lord. He saw him walk faithfully, walk righteously. And yet Lot brought all this baggage with him that caused all this strife and, and issues and problems. And, and Abram had to put a stop to it because he knew the importance and the, the consequences of relational disobedience. I really believe that Abram began to realize that he messed up by bringing Lot along. And what's, what so many Christians, and I even struggled with this for a long time, is that even family can sometimes get in the way of you really receiving what the Lord has for you. All throughout scripture, it says, when a man is older and he is full grown, he will leave his father and mother and join with his wife. It is so important to separate yourself at some point and chase what God has for you. You can't sit around at home forever. You can't sit around at home forever. You cannot associate with with wicked people. Uh, if, let's let's look at Psalm chapter 1 real quick. It says, "Blessed are those who do not sit in the same room as sinners or listen to the wicked or You know what? I'm just going to go and read it because I love Psalm 1 and you know why not? Psalm 1, it says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. It doesn't get any more clear than that. And I think we oftentimes forget that. And when that is not at the front of our mind, we will so easily be beset by the relationships that we have. And because we are relational people, we are God is a relational God, and we are relational creations. And we want relationships, but it is so easy to fall into a bad relationship with friends, even with family. Some people even get married to the wrong person, and it happens so often. So how do we combat that? Well, here's what I really want you to take note of. Verse 14, we're still in chapter 13 of Genesis. Verse 14, it says this, After all that had happened... The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. So, so look at this. Abram did not hear the voice of God until after this issue was resolved. Abram had a supernatural responsibility to walk the path that God had set before him. He called him at the beginning of chapter 12. And now because all this strife is going on, they're not hearing from the Lord until they separate from each other. When Abram separates himself from the from the distractions, from the struggles, from the things that were holding him back, his own nephew of all people, it says, Then the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offsprings. I will make your offsprings as the dust of the earth. So that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring can also be counted. Arise, walk with the length, excuse me, walk through the length, the breadth of the land. For I, oh, went, excuse me, went one page too far. For I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent, came and settled by the oaks of, Mar of Mamer, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord, a second altar. So. What are we learning so far? Who you associate with will make or break 
what God has for you. You can, you can joke around as long as you want, but the truth is there are relationships you may have in your life that if you don't get rid of, you will not hear from the Lord the way that you are ready to. When you want to make massive ripples in the kingdom, you have to separate yourself from people who want nothing but what they want. The selfish people, the wicked, the scoffers, the, the mockers. We have to separate ourselves. And the, the worst part is, and I've seen this so unfortunately, but even certain churches you have to separate yourself from because they are not biblically sound. Some people have to separate themselves from family because they're not they're not sound. Some people have to separate from friendships they've had for years because they came to Christ and now they realize the importance of withdrawing back to the Father and getting rid of unnecessary relationships. Sometimes it's for a lifetime. Other times it may just be for a season until God releases you back into that community. And I can give you an example of that one too. But if we check out Jesus's life of all people if we just looked at Jesus he withdrew from crowds from his own disciples from people all the time to recenter himself number one but to always stay in a successful position between himself and father God if you don't if you don't take the time to position yourself with God in a place where you separate yourself. Positioning and separation come hand in hand. I can't position myself before God unless I first separate from something else. So right now I'm in a 21-day fast, and my goal is to separate myself from food, literally for the sole purpose of hearing from the Lord. So the re- so many times we fall into relational disobedience, where we don't even know that we have a bad relationship with something, someone, or somewhere. So I want you, I want to encourage you guys to take full take a full evaluation of where you are in your life, where you are in your walk with God. Who is in your life? Who's around you the most? Who is whispering in your ear the most often? Who are you taking advice from? There are so many avenues that can corrupt the channel between us and God and we so rarely miss it. Abraham is known to be one of the fathers of the faith and even he messed up by bringing his nephew along for the ride and so if we don't take a full account of who's in our life we will fall into relational disobedience where we may not even know we're disobeying god because disobedience is not just sinning there you can disobey by not doing what god said by not listening to what god said by by doing something that god said not to do but i mean there's 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 a multitude of ways that you can disobey but relational disobedience trips people up the most. I think one of my favorite scriptures, well, it's becoming one of my favorite scriptures. I actually didn't even know it was a scripture until last year sometime, and it's Proverbs 25.2. It says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. And that's beautiful because you know what? If God wanted to, he could shout through the mess that we create in order to get our attention, in order to, to, to tell us where to go and, and what we need to do to obey what he's saying. He could shout through the mess and he could be louder than every other voice. That's not hard for God to do. That's not even an effort. But what happens is we would miss out 
it would leave us at a massive loss because of that scripture right here. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. Even Jesus said that many people won't understand the, the metaphors that I'm using. The uh, uh, Wow, my mind's going blank right now. But the... Uh, sheesh, crazy. Anyway, I think you guys know what I'm saying. When Jesus... The parables. My goodness, can't believe I forgot that word. Jesus even said that many people won't understand the parables that he uses because they don't want to seek out the truth. Matthew 6, verse 33 says... Oh, you know what? What does it say? I'm just going to read the whole thing because it's awesome. Matthew 6, verse 33. says, Blessed is he. Hang on. Hang on a minute. That was chapter 5. <laughs> Got it right here. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now that right there could sum it up with a button on top there is an element to seeking that is also obeying when we take time to seek after the lord he will reveal himself to us in miraculous ways in calm ways in secret ways in relational ways but it all starts with our relational obedience. Find people that you can associate with who will pour life into you, who will encourage you, who will point you back to the word, who will motivate you to see what God sees for your life. If we go back to Genesis 13, God said to Abraham, lift up your eyes. Everywhere that you can see, you can have, which means that you, if you can't see it, you can't have it. And to be able to see clearly, you've got to get rid of the muck, get rid of the mud, and clear out a path for you to see what God has for you. That is your responsibility. It doesn't fall on God because it's the glory of God to conceal it. It's the glory of kings to seek it out. God's not just going to drop it on your lap because it would leave us at a loss. You can't just, you know, it would be like dropping, it'd be like paying somebody before they work. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. The reward comes after we take the, the responsibility as a born-again believer to seek out what God has for us. That is the maturing process. That is the process in which God ordained it. Because if not, then it's literally just mindless robots obeying their master. And that's not what we are. God is a relational God, and it takes time to pour into those relationships. You know, another scripture that I love so much, I believe it's in Galatians, but it says we need to strip off those things that so easily beset us. Meaning, we have a responsibility as Christians to get rid of the garbage in our life. And some people will think, oh, so you're calling my family garbage because I need to separate myself. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Whatever is slowing you down from walking into the promises that God has for you is garbage. Just because the relationship is garbage doesn't mean they are garbage. Because God loves them unconditionally. Whoever that person may be, whatever that place may be, whatever that thing may be, God created it. But the relationship, the connection has got to go in most circumstances. So I would encourage you to take a full evaluation of where you're at. Read Genesis chapter 12 
and 13 and, and read the whole story of Abraham because it unfolds what it looks like to have proper relationship with God, with others, and with yourself. I think that's almost it for tonight. Other than that, I'd love to pray for you guys as we part ways for the night, unless it's morning and you're starting your day off, which this is an awesome way to start your day off, is by hearing the Word of God and being encouraged to go out there and separate yourself from bad relationships. (laughs) All right? So let me pray for you guys, and then we're going to call it an episode. Heavenly Father, you are so good. You're so good. I pray a supernatural response to rise up in every person that hears this episode. That no longer are we going to sit back and let relationships take us over and cloud the path that you have for us. Instead, let us withdraw back to the Father so that we can more clearly see the land the, the opportunities, the relationships that you have in store for us. You have more for us than we could ever imagine. Malachi chapter 3 says you will open the floodgates of heaven. You'll open the floodgates of heaven for those that follow your word, but those who, who store up the tithe, they will receive a blessing so big But the only problem they'll have is they won't have enough room to take it all in. And that's the promise that we hold to. So, Father, I thank you so much for everyone listening, for the audience that's growing, the people who are ready to seek out the treasure that you have for them. What you're concealing, I know you will begin to reveal to the seekers out there, the ones who want to make a ripple effect in the kingdom and make waves and truly create. Father, we thank you. We ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.